Podcasting from a sex-writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. We're back for another week. Kayla Lord's here with the fabulous, the wonderful, the person who is just eating biscuits slash cookies, depending on what part of the world you're from, Molly Moore. Hello. Well, it's a Friday afternoon. Like, you've got to have a cup of tea and a biscuit, for Christ's sake. Otherwise, like, they revoke your Brit card. I was about to say, you are so British. <laughs> and time zones being what they are, I had to make the decision of... It's 11 a.m. here. Do I drink another cup of coffee or just hold out until lunch when we're done recording? And I'm holding out for lunch because I've already had two giant cups today. And who who needs to blink? That blinking's for suckers. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so we are back. This week is our August mailbag episode where we answer questions from smut lancers and sex bloggers and anybody who's trying to do this thing where you make sexy content and get paid to do it so we've got several good questions and we are known to go on tangents rants and just chit chat so we're gonna jump right into it um a quick reminder before we get started we will remind you when we're done if you ever have a question you'd like us to answer you can reach out to us on social media through our websites any email that you get from the smut lancer or eroticon just hit reply You can reach us in so many different ways. So as questions come up, feel free to send them to us. Ask what you want to know. We will try to answer it in an upcoming mailbag episode. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about like making money. Like if it's just a general blogging question or I mean, really anything that's vaguely relevant to, you know, so it might be, I don't know, SEO stuff. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about exactly about making money exactly exactly whatever it comes to mind when you listen to us answer other questions or some of our um full length uh topic episodes just ask away whatever comes to mind if we can help if we can answer it we will do our best okay so our first question this week is from rantings of a nonsensical mind Uh, on twitter they are at rantings of a n as in nancy m as in Mm, Mary, Um, because that's a long name for Twitter and Twitter has those rules. So rantings of a nonsensical mind. The question that they asked was, as both of you have blogged for a good amount of time, do you ever feel like you will run out of things to say? And if so, how do you get past that feeling? Molly, you're giggling. So go ahead. (laughs) Well, I just find it hilarious that anybody asked either of us if we've run out of anything to say, because we when we started this little project together, we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do shorter, punchier, or Kayla was like, we're going to do shorter, punchier um, episodes. So I'm thinking like half an hour, 40 minutes max for each one. Um, 
blah blah and I was like sounds like magic I'm totally <laughs> on board anyway whatever she wanted to do I'd have said yes like it's fine um but it's hilarious because there's I don't feel like that's even physically possible for us so the, that just makes me giggle like do, how do you, have you run out of anything to say because clearly <laughs> <laughs> every time we uh, think we are at our max point of things to say we then start a new website whether separately or together it doesn't matter one of us starts a new website or a subdomain because we have right. more to say I would however go on so I was gonna say however that's like I feel like in this context and like you and I together could talk for like 50 million years to like the end times um and they'd still be like you know there'd be like hellfire going on around us and we'd still be like gabbing away so but when it does come to blogging I have definitely had those moments where I have been like I wouldn't say I've run out of things to say but where I feel uninspired maybe about what to say or where I'm just like, ah, I don't know, like but sometimes um, like with the prompts. So let's think about like a Wicked Wednesday prompt, which are a bit, can be, often be quite broad. Um, and so then I'm like, I sit and think for ages and I'll be like, I just, I don't think I just have anything really that I feel to say about that topic. And so... The one thing I like about Wiki Wednesday is that Rebel's like, just write whatever you like. Yeah, you don't have to follow the prompt. So then often I'll go and look elsewhere. Like I'll look on Kink of the Week. We'll sometimes use that prompt instead. Or else I just have something else that I want to say that doesn't fit in and I'll use that. So one of the things I would say is using those prompts. And there's lots of them around Wiki Wednesday, Kink of the Week, um, Thought for Friday, Masturbation Monday, um flash friday fiction i'm sure i've missed some that but there are others anyway and i know that um rebel has a really good resource on her page where she has like on her blog where she has like all the possible memes that are out there all linked um maybe we can link to that in the show notes um kaylee's doing a nodding thing so i think it'll be good so look in the show notes for a link to that page because that's really useful resource when you're like i you do that where i'm like i've got nothing like the whole the head is empty for whatever reason it could just be that i'm tired or that i'm not in a great place or you know all those kind of things um and so you can go there click around and be like oh i saw that now i've seen that picture prompt actually that's inspired me i've had a sexy thought and i can write something around that or whatever so those are really useful tools to help with those moments and the other time where i have struggled is when i'm having so this is something as well recently I've experienced where things have changed in my personal life with Michael and I and, the, and some of the issues that we've been having. And so writing about that, it's not like something you do like the, on the very first day when there's a problem. <laughs> You're like, so you have a lot to process yourself before you feel ready to write about it and share it in that way. And like that's only just started for me being able to kind of write and share it. And so that's been quite a tricky time because it's like my head is full of this stuff, but I don't feel ready to write about it. But then I feel like writing about other stuff is kind of slightly disingenuous. And so that's been quite challenging. But yeah, just kind of working through it and doing what feels right for you is the most important thing. As always, I agree completely. Um, uh, the one thing I would add when I at the times I sometimes have felt, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to say. It is usually 
because there's something in my head that I'd really like to get out. And I may have convinced myself that, oh, I shouldn't blog about that. Like I just, we're recording in about mid-July and just this week, I just word vomited all over my blog about childhood crap and trauma and past stuff and how it was affecting me now. And it's like the least sexy thing there is but because of the way I have structured my personal site, whatever is on my mind is fair game in that space. But, yeah. and I have learned over time, this isn't something I just like came out of the gate knowing, but if I have something get stuck in my head that I know I want to process by writing about it, I do a lot of my best thinking through writing. Um, if I don't get it out in some way. I mean, and sometimes I journal privately in a space nobody will ever read. But if I don't get it out of my head, I will convince myself I have writer's block that I cannot, I have nothing else to say. And it's because basically the the mental pipe of, of my creativity is now blocked. It's blocked with this thing that's in my head. So over all the years that I've been doing this, I've just gotten into a habit of going, you know what? My blog is me, I am my blog. This is what I'm going through, I'm gonna write it out. The moment I write it out, it's exhausting. Like I'm, I am spent after that, I need a nap. But my mind clears immediately and the new ideas can flood in and now mm -hmm. I want to write other things. Now that's on the personal blog side. If I am thinking about the informational side, which I think this might even be able to apply to people who write, like very specifically they write fiction. Like you have a specific thing you write on your site and that's what that site is for. It can feel like you've run out of things to say because you've talked about really general, maybe you talked about a really general topic. Uh, on Loving BDSM, maybe I've talked about, you know, communication. Well, that's a really broad topic. And so sometimes I have to sit and get really creative and narrow it down and get really granular. And instead of talking about communication, I might talk about the very specific thing of having a hard conversation, or I might sit, talk about, you know, uh, disagreements as part of communication. Or I just near, I take that big broad topic that I think I've talked about a million times and go, mm, what's a teeny tiny little thing that I can now write a blog post about? Um, mm -hmm. The other thing I do, um, or I try to do, is I try to capture ideas as they come to me. So I have noticed personally that sometimes I sit down ready to blog and there's nothing there. There is nothing in my head. It's not that I don't have the ability to come up with a topic and write something. It's that in that moment, mm, the sparks are just not flying. So when my ideas are coming fast and furious, usually when I'm nowhere near a keyboard, I try to mm -hmm. write them down or make a note in my phone or whatever method works for you. But I capture those ideas as they come to me. I make a list of them. And then when I'm sitting down and I have that moment of, oh crap, what am I gonna write about? Then I'll go back to that list and I'll go, okay, in this list, which one grabs my attention and I can, you know, come up with something or I can at least get a starting point because most of the time with writing, it's the starting that's the hardest part. So if you, if I know I could bang out a, a paragraph on this, then I know I can do a full blog post. 
So yeah, don't sit around waiting for the inspiration. Capture that as it comes to you at those really random times. Notebooks by your bed, your phone app, uh, you know, your notes app on your phone, something on a laptop, like however, however you can record it and get back to it whenever you're ready, do that and you truly will never be out of ideas. The other thing, and I am not gonna do it this weekend as we're recording, but hopefully like, within the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna take probably an afternoon, maybe go to Starbucks or some coffee shop, get a nice cup of coffee and sit down with, um, I like to write down my ideas more than type them out. Um, and it's the only thing I do with a bullet journal is that's where all of my ideas go. I need to sit and have some brainstorming sessions, um, both for Loving BDSM and the Smut Lancer, because the ideas aren't automatically coming to me the way they had been at one point, And I want to get ahead on, um, publishing calendar of what are we going to be talking about so I can sort of prepare for these things. And that's another thing to do is to take time away from your normal life, your work life, your blog time, whatever, an hour, if you can, you know, if you can spare more, do that, but in a nice place where you are relaxed and this is the whole purpose and just sit and start thinking about things and let your mind sort of open and expand. And watch people around you and think about conversations you've had with other people and just give yourself the time to start letting ideas flow and just writing them down non-judgmentally not you know deciding that they're good ideas or bad ideas mm-hmm. and take some time to do a brainstorming session to capture some ideas as well that's not something that i can allow myself to do all of the time because i don't usually have time for that but it is something i have to make time for and i'm feeling the itch and the urge and the drive to do it so if i do that then i'm going to basically stockpile a bunch of ideas and i won't run out for a while and the thing i've noticed is once i get rolling once and i once ideas start flowing they kind of keep flowing for a while so then i'll have my notebook and three or four weeks later when as ideas are starting to come to me and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll already have the space to write it down and I'll be able to capture those ideas. So it is coming up with ideas is just as much work <laughs> as, as, doing, as it. doing it. It's a reason I know girl on the net has talked about this on Twitter a lot. And I, I don't talk about it a lot, but I, I agree with her every time she tweets about this. When a client asks me for a price on creating content for them, if they want me to come up with the ideas too, I charge more for that because it takes time to think about what you're gonna write about. And that is whether yeah. it's for yourself or it's for somebody else who's paying you. That is the part of the labor of creating content is figuring out what the hell you're gonna write about. So yeah. I do, you know, I don't think at this point, all these years of blogging later, I cannot imagine running out of things to talk about but I will shift and change perspective. As I change, what I talk about changes. As my interests grow, what I blog about shifts along with it. And I think that's it. You can't get stuck in whatever you said you were gonna blog about on day one, because you are now, however long it's been, a month, a year, a decade, Grandma Molly knows, a decade of blogging. you have changed as a person and so your perspective and your life and your experiences have changed and so therefore your content should and will change along with it so as long as you're what you're open to sharing is still you know part of your thing then you pretty much never run out of things to talk about you just change direction from time to time 
Right, and one so one thing I wanted to say as well when it talks about when you were talking about t- writing down notes mm-hmm. is that um, something I've just not discovered recently. Like I knew it was there, but I found it to be really useful because I um, have my walk every day, which was something that actually we talked about. I think in the previous episode um, that it's a really good time for me to think. Um, whether that's thinking about, you know, just personal stuff or quite often it's about stuff that I want to do. Um, and I often come up with ideas when I'm out walking, but it, what I was finding was that I was getting out my phone and like pulling up the notepad and writing stuff down in the notepad and like walking into the bushes because I'm basically got my head in the phone while I'm walking. And then I'm like, I've got, you know, thorns in my face because I've like veered off to the left. So something I've started doing recently is using the little audio program on my phone so I can literally just talk into it so that I don't end up like like veering off basically into the bushes because uh, I'm looking down so much. But that's been really good. So know where that is on your phone because otherwise you're like spending 10 minutes trying to find it and then you've forgotten what your idea was and you literally want to just be able to go to that and literally record the thoughts that are in your head, whether it's literally two or three words that you'll remember or whether it's a longer, like, almost like the start of a piece. Um, a piece I wrote, I think it was a Masturbation Monday piece actually a few weeks ago. I actually wrote it on my phone, like the opening kind of hundred words whilst walking along. And that was one of the times where I'm like down, head down, tapping away on my phone, walking along. And like three times I ended up with like leaves in my face <laughs> and stuff where I realised like... It's like, and that's when I was like, I have to stop doing this because I'm going to like walk into someone or I'm going to like fall flat on my face at some point. And that's when I was like, I need a different way of doing this. And what is that? And so that's when I was like, you know what? You can just record it as audio and then you can just play it back to yourself later and write it out. So that's a really good um, trick to, to know. And also the other thing is if you're totally lost for ideas is to put it out there. Like go on Twitter and be like, no idea what to write. Like anybody got a question anybody got something they'd love me to write about what do you you know or, or give me a random word or random you can if people give come back with stuff where you're like hey, i still got nothing you can be like you could just ignore it and be like okay that still didn't work for me but quite i've done that and people have said something and i've been like that's a really good idea. now i know what i'm gonna write about yeah crowdsourcing ideas there's nothing wrong with it there and there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're stuck for a day like you're Mm -hmm. this is your time to sit down and blog and you're like oh shit what am i gonna write about it happens to all of us so i've i've written blog posts where i've started off with i have no idea what i'm gonna write today i'm sitting here looking at a blank page um you know i've got a headache or i've or whatever my problem is the topic is these dum de dum and I've got nothing and I just you know you end up you start with that and the next thing you know you've written something exactly and you can always edit um, later so I've even done that yes absolutely so just start so sometimes it's like just do it just do it just sit down right I don't know what to write about so here's the thing mm-hmm. and the other thing I'd say as well really great way of um, inspiring you is make sure you regularly read other people's blogs. Because so often I'll go to someone's blog or read their post and I'll be like, I have something to say about that. And so then often I leave a comment where I just think I need to like cut this comment down because or actually just copy and paste this comment because this comment is basically my blog post. <laughs> like I need to use this over here as a blog post. So reading other people's work and it's absolutely fine to say 
So I read this post that Kayla wrote last week about whatever. Um, and here, like, my thoughts on this subject are, or she wrote this specific thing. Um, and an example I can think of recently, and I haven't gone back and done it, and I will, is that um, Bridget Delaney wrote a little while ago, actually, a post where she talked about um, orgasm control. Let's call it that. So asking permission to come. Um, and it's something that um, was part of our DS dynamic when we were DS, and I have some quite big feels about and thoughts on. And I haven't gone back and done it, but I will at some point. And so reading other people's work can get you little snippets like that, where you're like, oh, now that's a topic I've been meaning to write about. So I think reading other people's work is really important in this kind of creative way and helping to inspire you and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying i'm writing this post because i read dumdy dum's post and so here's my kind of thoughts as a result of reading that yep and we, you and i actually got into a really cool loop one time where i think it might have been kink of the week i can't exactly remember but you put out like a prompt a thing and it was a picture of you and i was it like it it got me in all the good feels and I wrote a blog post. I don't even remember if it was a sexy one or an information. Like I have no clue anymore. You read my blog post inspired by your like prompt theme and picture. And then you were inspired <laughs> to write something along the same result. lines. And what was really cool is we were in this infinite inspiration loop and uh, let's get, yeah. let's get mercenary for just a second. Cause we want to be creative. We want to like get the words out of our head. We want, yeah, yeah. We also want views that post because we were talking about each other back and forth. We were linking to each other. We were talking about how we were inspired by each other on Twitter. That post got more views than average in a short amount of time than yeah. normal because people were like, I was linking to where I got inspired and then I came back and I linked back and she linked to me and all this yeah. interlinking, people were clicking on these things. And so yeah. from a build an audience, get some views standpoint, that can, that can really work as well, especially when it's a really interesting post that you were inspired by. And then you have a really interesting take and people want, they, you know, readers like to see that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And the, the, my other hot tip is images. So obviously I get a lot of inspiration from my own images. So I take a lot of photographs. Quite often I sit on them for a while. So I'll take loads of pictures and then I don't publish those straight away. And so then I come back to them and I'm like, oh, what does that picture make me feel? What does that inspire in me? Like, do, is there a story in this picture that now suddenly I can write about? So that's one way is use your own photography to inspire your stories or your thoughts. But also other people's, like if somebody came to me and said, I love that picture that you posted last week and I made me think of a story as a result, can I use your picture? I'm going to be all over it. I'm going to be like, absolutely, use my picture, link back to me and credit me. Like don't do that to people without asking because pictures are very personal as well and there may be some people, and there's even been the odd picture of mine where I would possibly say, actually I'm not comfortable with you posting that picture on your blog because it's very personal to me. But mostly 99% of them if someone said to me hey I found you, I saw your picture and it gave me an idea for a story 
I'm going to be like, really? That's so exciting. I can't wait to read it. Like, use my picture, link back to me and credit me and tell me the story. Like, that's really exciting. So, yes, a lot of people who take pictures would be delighted if they got that message from you. They'd be so excited and they would be think that that was a wonderful thing, that they've inspired that in you. So, yeah, that's another cool way is images. And you're better off using images that other bloggers are making that you, again, you're promoting each other, then you just randomly picking some image that off what I would, you know, used to, we, lots of people used to get them off Tumblr, um, but the kind of, you know, Tumblr black and white type stuff, you know, look at the images that other people in your community are creating and you ask them if you can use their images. Because um, then you, again, you get that nice little feedback loop exactly so basically take inspiration wherever you can inspiration is not the same as copying okay if some you know first of all there's no original ideas anymore it just it doesn't you have your own original take you have your own perspective but there is not it's not unique anymore the what's unique is how you tell the story or the way you share how you see something so do not feel bad if you are inspired by your fellow bloggers and if something they've done sparks some creativity in you use that that is how a lot of people who create content keep creating content we are i tr i actually end up using um for bdsm content i have i don't go to enough workshops or events or, or live events like i'd like to um, but I can sit in one hour long session of two people talking about their specific take on kink and walk out with five ideas of what things I want to talk about. We went to an event recently and it was an amazing presentation and I adored the speakers and I got all kinds of validation because we have a similar teaching style. And at the end, they must've thought I was the rudest human being ever because I was buried in my phone. I had the notes app open <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, just little snippets of things they said made me think of things that we could take that little snippet and I could turn that into an hour and a half podcast for loving BDSM. So it doesn't even have to be specific to the type of content you're creating. I use, um, I take inspiration from vanilla stuff all the time for the smut Lancer. I literally go get, you know, look at um, vanilla advice that's given to other bloggers and I translate it through the, the smut translator in my brain. And I go, how does that apply to, to sex bloggers and sex writers and other content, adult content creators? And then I, you know, I use it as the spark to have something to talk about. So take inspiration where you can. And truly, as long as you sort of learn how to, it's a skill, it takes practice, learn how to open yourself up to other bits of information. I truly, I do not think you ever find, ever run out of anything. You'll change it. It'll, you'll adapt to new ways of doing things. You, you might blog less and record audio more. I, I quite frankly, I probably now record more audio than I write words in terms of sheer numbers, you know, sure. an hour and a half of talking is not the same as a 1500 word blog post. And I do a lot more talking now than I do writing because that's where my interests have, have led me. So let yourself be inspired and follow your interests and try different things. And you will pretty much always have something to create content about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're gonna go to the next question. This one comes from Quinn Rhodes on Queer Street. That is um, her on Twitter. So give her a follow, her blog is fabulous. Okay. 
and I do, this one immediately came to mind because I am now in a position to do this. Um, do you have any tricks or tips for dealing with rejection when you've put yourself out there and pitched an idea? And I am now living a life where I reject ideas all the time. <laughs> the power is scary um yeah well same here i guess in with regards to erotic oh so yes people pitch their sessions and um so yeah the new skill i had to learn was how you say no thank you very much your pitch like it was whatever so that's a new skill but obviously that isn't her question right. so how do you deal with the rejection yourself um so like there's two parts to this because now I don't really care. Like I'm like, oh you rejected me, fine, whatever, tough luck. Mostly. I have had one that, uh, not mm, I wanna say it was last year where I was upset. But that's because I was rejected because they said I was too old. And that up made me sad and then angry because it's like this is fucking bullshit. Like what kind of like sexist ageist wank is this? Like, you don't want my... She was like, oh, this is a really good idea for a post. Blah, blah, a really good idea for a piece. Blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, oh, do you mind me how asking how old you are? And I told her, and she was like, oh, that's a shame because it's a really good idea, but you're too old. I'm like, what? But if it's a really good idea, what the fuck does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. So, yeah, that was bullshit and made me, as I said, sad and then angry. And I even wrote a blog post about it because it's like, that's just fucking insidious crap that is everywhere. Like, because I'm not under 35 anymore i can't write for that age group apparently suddenly you you know you're not it's not valid anymore which is just utter wank like i don't, I don't know what that's it's about. bullshit um, is what it is <laughs> <laughs> fucking too right so but mostly if it's just like hey thanks for your pitch like you know it's something kind of generic or whatever then i'm like oh okay right you don't want it i'll try someone else or so my other way of looking at it, which I learned very early on, is to be like, oh, great, I'll use it for my own thing then. Like, you've missed out because I know this is going to be good. And so I'll write it and put it on my blog instead and get the traffic. So, fuck you. So the way to do it, the absolute way to deal with rejection, is to look at it almost as a gift where they're giving the idea back to you and you get to do something else with it. So where you're like, ah, oh, you don't want it. So I'll try someone else and see if they'll potentially give me maybe more money or it'll lead to something else. Or else, actually, yay, I've got it back and it belongs to me now and I can do whatever I want with it. So I can write it and put it on my blog and you, who could have had all the traffic from it because it's a good piece, don't get that anymore and I do. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> the minute you think about it like that, you feel better about it because it's like you, like it, it's a win-win situation because if they say to you, yes, we love your pitch, can you write it? You're like, fantastic, great, uh, I'll write it and I'll get the money. Whereas if you have that in your mind of like, when they reject it, actually they're not rejecting it, they're giving it back to you. You're like, oh, fantastic, great, I'll write it and put it on my blog. So uh, like suddenly someone's given you an idea that you had and they've given it back to you and now you get to do whatever you like with it. So uh, that is my absolute top tip. Look at it as they're giving it back to you as a gift. Um, totally snatch it up and be like, right, I'm going to write it anyway. Um, I'll either try pitching it somewhere else if you think that that's relevant. And if not, totally, if it was a good idea, put it on your blog and be like, ha. <laughs> and the minute you think of it like that, you are triumphant in that moment because you've, got, you've stole it back. It's yours. 
You get to keep it. They lost out. Fuck them. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that is amazing. And is y'all, I'm going to give you my, my take on it, but really you should just ignore me for like the next five minutes because that's like the fucking best. Cause I promise you, I have never thought of it that way <laughs> ever. Um, and I'm looking back to all those times where I let myself be a little bit like, Oh, cause I got reject a pitch got rejected. And I'm like, fuck, if I had just looked at it that way, that would have been fucking amazing. So I'm going to, speak more now well there's some experience here but also now that i work as an editor where i get your pitches and i have gotten pitches from quinn and i think i've said yes to all of them because they've been good um but i now have a different take on it that if i were pitching content i don't pitch ideas very often that's not how i make my money um i know i would see it this way now because i have the other side's experience and the thing is is that if i could impress upon every single content creator in the world is that most of the time, except when they tell you you're too fucking old, but that's some bullshit. Uh, most of the time, a rejection has nothing to do with you. It is the yeah. most impersonal part. It's personal to you because you got rejected. Your idea got rejected. Yes, it is. But from the editor's standpoint, it is the least personal thing of what we do. I work for a relatively small site and and get uh, a couple dozen a week and a busy week. I might get like a few dozen, you know, they're coming through, they're coming through. And I have to make quick decisions. I have to look at it and go, does this fit? Is this, do I have room for this? Is this, uh, did I like, and so I'm making decisions that have nothing to do with you as a human being. They, I'm literally looking at the black and white email, the, the text, did they put it in a format? Is it an idea I like? If I click their link, did they give me a link to click on? Did I, if I click on it, does it feel right? The answer is no, we are a policy where I'm an editor is we do not respond because I could be responding for fucking days and no. If I respond, it's because I liked it and I might ask for a tweak or I might, you know, say, hey, can you add this, whatever. So in the decision-making process, it is that quick and that simple and that impersonal. Nobody for my anxious fellow anxious writer people, no group of editors is sitting around pouring through all of these rejections and laughing at anybody. Um, I mean, every once in a while I've gotten one where I'm like, did they read the guidelines at all? Uh -huh. Like, were they paying attention? And those little things... I don't know that person's name. I don't remember that person. I just had this gut reaction to, Lord, they didn't even read the rules of how to pitch me. And that's- Right, or that they don't appear to know what they're pitching to. So that's yes. an example with Eroticon where I've had people pitch sessions and I'm like, you obviously haven't even taken the time to have a basic read about what Eroticon is like. Because no, we're not looking for sessions where you basically sell your book. <clears throat> Yeah, no. Uh, because that's not like that's not what this is. But you're not talking to the readers. You're talking to fellow authors, essentially. So I mean, we've definitely had that where I'm like, you clearly don't know what eroticon is about, and you're, you know, want to come and say a session that's like this doesn't fit at all. So know who you're pitching to and like what they want. That's really important because otherwise they are people are just going to be like. You didn't even bother to like, you don't even really know who we are. And you've just randomly sent us a thing. And that's the easiest um, one to reject. That's, <laughs> that's the, ooh. Right, because you're like, 
No, what? no. I don't even know why this has appeared in my Right. Well, you, why did you do that? The other thing, though, and I think that the writers forget this. If, you, if one idea was rejected, because it's not personal, you yes. as a writer were not rejected. So maybe the format of your pitch did not follow my guidelines. Okay, you got rejected for that. Maybe your idea wasn't quite what we needed. Okay, you got rejected for that. That does, should not, hopefully prevent you from ever pitching again, because I promise you, I do not remember, I don't have a, a list of the people I've rejected. And when I see their name again, I laugh hysterically. Like I'm not judging anybody for even a bad pitch. Mm -hmm. I have sent some shitty ass pitches in my life because it's a skill you have to learn and you only learn by doing and practicing. And I'm, I've got a ton of stuff on the Smut Lancer site about pitching. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes for anybody who's like, oh, maybe, maybe it's not that the idea is bad. Maybe my format's bad. Maybe like you can always improve your skills. You should always, you know, there are things to do to make your pitch as appealing as possible so that you have a better chance of acceptance. But every single creator on the planet who pitches ideas has ideas rejected every single one. If you stop the moment you get a rejection, then you never reach your goals. So you have to keep doing it, knowing that rejection is part of it. And it's hard and it's tough. It sucks. It feels awful. Take Molly's advice first. I think that's brilliant. But then just remember that it is not personal to you. No, but there's, you're not on some like reject list now. And we, all editors are not passing your name around. Keep pitching and pitch to the places that rejected you. If you're fortunate enough to get a response as to why they rejected you, I, there were a couple of sites that unfortunately are no longer around now, so I can't go back and pitch them again. They, you know, that editor took the time to go, I really like this idea, but it doesn't quite fit for this reason. Please pitch again. If you ever get feedback like that, First of all, that's amazing because that editor, I promise you, is way busier than I am and they took the time. So the pitch was almost was mm -hmm. almost right and realized that that's what they're telling you is, ooh, if they could have, they would have accepted it. And then pitch again. If it's a site you really want to write for, if it's a place you really want your work to be and your name to be attached to, keep practicing your pitches and keep nobody will remember that you were the one a year ago with that like not so great pitch that's just not how it works there's so many more writers and creators and presenters out there than there are people looking at the ideas like mm -hmm. thousands of you i cannot remember all of you i mm -mm. i will say and this has nothing to do with this question but i want to put it out there as an editor i do however kind of remember if I accepted your pitch, gave you a deadline, got a response back of, okay, great deadline. And then I never got your work. Guess who will not get their pitch accepted again without like some, yeah. something like amazing happening. I will remember the writer who pitched, got it accepted and then never contacted me when they were, when they were about to miss their deadline. That is a thing I will remember. But your idea, yeah. your, it might not even be the idea that was bad. There's so many reasons that have nothing to do with you that that's why it's not a personal decision when it's made. Are there times like Molly's situation where it was ageist and sexist? Yes. 
is it possible that you come across an editor who knows you and has decided they don't like you? Uh, it's slim, but yeah, I guess it can happen. If you alienate an editor that you work with and then y'all get into a thing, yeah, that's different because you've you had a working relationship and now there's something going on. But in general, thousands of pitches are sent and received every single day. Thousands are ignored. <laughs> <laughs> only a handful are accepted. It's not personal. It is never personal. There, that's my rant. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, we are going to move on to another question. This one is from Joe on Twitter. She is at Petticoat Diva Joe. She is delightful. I always like it when I get to see her at Eroticon. Okay, so the question is um, kind of a multi-parter. So I'm going to say it all out loud and then I'll repeat as we need to. So if you could have one experience for the first time again, what would it be and why? And she broke it down into smutty and not smutty. We're going to modify to smut lancer and not smut lancer related. So <laughs> from the smut lancer and then the not smut lancer point of view if you could have one experience for the first time again what would it be molly moore so uh, from the smut lancer point of view i would say it would be the first time i got paid for uh, doing some like a piece of work for someone else because that was when it was like oh, <laughs> someone just paid me for what i basically was doing as a hobby uh, this is hilarious <laughs> like that was a special moment like the first time someone sent me money and i think i'm pretty sure it was actually payment for a piece um that i submitted for an anthology mm. so a fiction piece for an anthology um pretty sure that was the first time somebody actually ever paid me like proper actual money like I wrote a thing so that had like a double like because not only did I write a thing and they gave me money but then like a, I don't know whatever it was like two or three months later I actually got like a physical copy of the book so like that's like oh my god like that's like my words on paper that people actually print and other people own and put on their bookshelf like that was just fucking amazing so there was like a double little thing there but yeah getting paid for that first time and especially that because like you know fiction had kind of been something i've been doing a lot on my blog and was very much kind of part of my creative life anyway and then suddenly someone had paid me actual fucking proper money for writing a, a filthy story essentially so yeah that was a cool moment i don't know that it's ever as amazing ever again as that first time apart from maybe when someone pays you like a lot of money for something particularly if you like kind of overpriced it a bit because you didn't really want to do it and then they say oh we'll pay that stupid amount and then you're like oh. <laughs> um, like you know what that's the other thing it's fucking it's okay to be like excited about money and be like i got paid money to doing that like um so yeah that would be that oh my god a smutty thing that oh, oh, first time again you do your smart answer one and let me think because like i don't know okay like, again i need to have i know I, I should have thought about this I'm, I'm having the same problem and so on the smart answer side it's kind of a tie um because it the biggest one that came to mind immediately of god it was so good the first time 
was because let me go back i agreed totally the first time somebody pays you a like a big amount of money and you were like they were totally going to say no to that the first time i ever negotiated a the biggest amount i'd ever been paid i was like sweating i was convinced they were going to say no and they said yes and that feels amazing because then you know your power and you're like wait i, I i'm 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 my, the work I do, what I'm, I'm doing, what I'm contributing, that is valuable and somebody's willing to pay for it. And also it lets you know that you were probably way undercharging for yourself. <laughs> and it's like, uh -huh. it's very powerful. But the, the other one that stands out that came to mind immediately was the first time somebody reached out to me and asked me if I would work for them, if I would do a thing for them. So before I was either putting it out there and it was free because I was on my own blog or I was pitching. And so it was about me trying to put together the right idea and put it out there and have that same thing we were just talking about of, oh, please like me enough to take my idea. And this was a situation where somebody had somehow found me and I'm still not always quite sure where they come from. And they had liked what they had seen enough that they were like, hey, could you do that? This thing that you're doing, could you do it for us and we will pay you? And I didn't have to go seek them out. They came to me. That was amazing. That does not happen on the first day. That doesn't happen in the first year. That takes out. That takes a lot of time. And it, it was a, a brand part branding. It was part where I show up in Google. You know the power of my website. It, it's all these different factors that you can't quite quantify. And so there's no checklist that you have to like meet and and follow to get to that point. But that was pretty powerful because that was validation. That was mm -hmm. you do this thing well enough that random people that you didn't know existed for sites you didn't know existed are approaching you and that that was right. pretty powerful and that that was like i mean i have trust issues so when that happens even now i'm like is this person for real is this like are they mm -hmm. fucking with me but so far knock on wood it has even when the relationship didn't last very long or i had to let them go or they let me go we just didn't mesh it's always been a real thing when it's happening it's it's super validating and I love it. I love it every time it happens. Okay, your smutty thing, your uh, your not work-related uh, thing, have you come up with it? I don't know that I have. So I have a problem with stuff like this because I try not to think that I've had the best thing because I feel like if you do that, then what is there left to look forward to? So like, it's when people say to me, oh, what was the best sex you ever had? Or what was the best orgasm you ever had? I'm always like, the one I'm gonna have tomorrow. <laughs> because if I believe that I've had that, like, what's the fucking point anymore? Like, if I'm like, oh, like, have, that was the best sex ever, then surely the rest is all downhill from there. And I don't wanna believe that. I wanna believe that there's better sex at some, you know, or different or new or you know in some way it's it's still going to be amazing so i'm never very keen on like you know what was the best orgasm you had or the most amazing thing you ever did and so this feels a little bit like that like what is the one smutty thing i do i mean what would i like to do again i can answer that better i feel like i would like to have a m f m i always very careful about my letters i'm saying the right ones um threesome again um that's something that I would like to do again. Um, that was kind of cool and amazing. And yeah, that would is definitely something I'd like to do again. Do I want to do it again for the first time? I don't know. Well, the first time was pretty cool. <laughs> so maybe um, I'd love to have uh, do a DP again, double penetration with two men. 
um that would be amazing i only did it once um and i'd totally be up for that again would i want to do that first time again again that was pretty amazing but it all just worked out by a fluke like it was we didn't plan anything it was all spur of the moment the other guy we didn't really know him the fact that it worked out really well was quite frankly a miracle because we broke like all the rules of like how you should organize these things you know you should make sure you know who the other person is and you should have talked to them beforehand and you should have set boundaries and told them what you like didn't do any of that we were just like in a swingers club and we we're like hey do you want to do this thing and he was like yes so i don't ever do it <laughs> like all the advice just ignore that but so the fact that it worked out brilliantly is nothing short of a miracle because really it should have been a fucking disaster um so yeah maybe that like i don't know uh, what do you want it to be the first time again it blew my fucking mind so maybe yeah maybe that oh my gosh i'm like all hot and bothered over here <laughs> So I was thinking about mine and mine is not a singular experience. It's a feeling that I think you, I might have a similar like feeling again. We are, John Brownstone and I are, are open-ish in our relationship. And so it's possible I could have some new relationship energy similar to this. But what I, what my mind went to was that really sensual, strong like sort of heady feeling that you get when you're in for me i'm relating it to ds in that first time john brownstone's asserting his dominance and his authority and and in the sexy stuff it's a, it was a sexy kinky scene that was involving sex toys and spanking and orgasm control but it's not the moment itself because those things can be replicated but it's the feeling that we were in a long distance relationship. This was one of our first times really getting together for this. I mean, we had been together and we had had some great moments, but the intensity of the emotions and the intensity of the feeling and the power exchange, because everything's new and exciting and there's that little bit of fear because you don't quite know how it's gonna go. And there's all that excitement because you don't know how it's gonna go and you've got all these plans and that feeling you, you if you could capture it in a bottle oh my god we'd be millionaires it is an amazing feeling and what i have with him now is good i do not want to go back to early days relationship just to capture that feeling we are in a we are in a good space and i like our comfort level and our how relaxed we are but man i mean i can almost taste that feeling it's like mm -hmm. oh my i'm actually kind of feeling a bit like yeah Turned on just by the idea of it yeah. yeah and it oh god it is that if i could experience that again again you know in not to repeat that specific situation but if something happened either with him or with a new partner you know like oh yeah that's that would be my thing that oh yeah i'm having a moment <clears throat> that would uh, that would work for me Okay, so now that we've gotten everybody hot and bothered, uh, we're going to switch to our last question, which is a businessy related question. It is, I think, on a lot of people's mind. We are actually sort of combining a couple of things. So part of the question was asked by Quinn. Part of it was asked by other people that we have talked to. One is directly related to a situation that I've had. So we're going to talk about promoting um, your Patreon link or ways to get paid um, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Is it uh, is it coffee link? Is it Ko-Fi? How do they say that? The one that's K-O-Dash-F-I. Like, I don't 
don't know how it's technically pronounced, but it's the buy me a coffee link, which is not adult friendly, by the way. Um, they have mm. locked people out of accounts, but there's Patreon. There's however, however you're sort of telling your audience, hey, you can support my work and pay me this way, right? So ways to promote that aren't spammy and when it might be appropriate to tell somebody that's talking to you in, you know, privately, hey, if you want to support the work I'm doing, here's a way to do that. So I'm, I'll start with the situation that was most recently in my head that sort of made me go, yeah, let's talk about this question. And it was because I had somebody comment on a blog post and they were like, hey, you've given me a great idea. I'm going to follow this blog post advice you've, you know, you've shared. If I make this thing, will you critique it for me? And first of all, I typically do not offer to critique things for people. One, I tend to get really busy and that will get shoved to the side in a heartbeat. Two, I have a lot of strengths, but criticizing people in a way that doesn't, you know, make them unhappy with me is probably not one of them. I could be critical. I cannot always be nice when I'm critical. So that's just, it's just not a thing. But the other problem was, it was like, wait, mm, I wouldn't do that at this point in my life. I would not do that for free anyway. So I was like, how do I gently tell this person that if, if this was a service I offered, they're only getting it if they pay me. So I still tiptoe around that. I still tiptoe around the idea of um, pay me for my work. So I said, look, if this was a service I offered, I have an hourly consulting fee, which I do. Or if you're a member of the Smutlancers community on Patreon, quick plug for that, patreon.com slash the Smutlancers, that is something that a patron could ask for. And if I had the bandwidth, I would, I would offer it. And I would say, sure, because they are a paying member of a community and they're already financially supporting the work I do. So I will give a little bit of extra labor in return for that. It was a difficult thing to do, even though it felt right. And that is a moment where I would say, put out your Patreon link, put out your buy me a coffee link. When somebody is asking for your time and your energy and mm -hmm. your labor, let them know if it's something you're willing to do. And only if it's something you're willing to do, yeah, I, I would consider this, but my, my labor, my time, my energy are worth something. And here's how you can support the work I'm doing. And then we can work something out. Um, as to um, trying to promote your link so you're not spammy, that is a like a walking a high wire act that I don't think there's any perfect answer for. Um, my thing is, is that the content, the brand, the personality, you as a human being should always be first and foremost. So in a blog post, there should not be 10 mentions of, hey, join me on Patreon. It should be, let me give you the value, let me show you the value for what you're going to get for your money. I'm going to give you this great blog post. I'm going to turn you on with my words. I'm going to look at this beautiful picture. And then at the end, I'm going to go, oh, did you like this? Do you want to support the work I do? Do you want to see more of it? Here's how you can do that on Twitter or Facebook or however you're promoting yourself on social media, it's a, it's a, it's a squishy rule, but it's basically more posts about what, who you are, what you're doing, talking to people than promotional posts. Does that mean it's one Patreon link a day or two? There, I can't answer that. How often are you on that social media site? If, 
if the only time you're ever posting to that social media site is to promote it's to say right then you're doing it too much if it's a place you're spending time and you're talking to other people you're talking to your audience you're talking to your colleagues you're talking to people in your community and then you put that out every so often then you're not spamming um the other question that led to this, that was part of this that was asked in our uh, Smut Lancers Slack channel was about um, what if somebody says they like my work, is it appropriate to go, well, hey, you like my work, here's my Patreon, here's my buy me a coffee, here's my whatever. And I think Tom, the consensus ended up being if it feels right. If the, if yeah. depending on the context of the conversation and the vibe is right, yeah, go ahead. Somebody said they, they like your work, give them an opportunity to, to, to show that and to, you know, pay for what you've done. Um, but I think it's a very, it's a gray area. There are no hard and fast rules. I think the, if there's a hard and fast rule in my view, it's be a person more than a marketer. Don't not promote yourself. Don't not put your links out but if that needs to be a portion of what you do and it should not be the majority of what you do if you want your audience to actually click that link <laughs> and and support you and follow it if all you're doing is promoting yourself then you're then you're spamming and so therefore you're going to get a lot a lot less clicks and a lot less supporters but if you're finding a balance and i i don't have an answer on what the right balance is then you're more likely to have somebody go yeah i'll throw you a couple yeah. bucks um and the other thing is is that it's a numbers game the bigger your audience the higher because it's yeah. a percentage it's like less than one percent yeah. is going to click on that and become a supporter so yeah so one percent of ten it's very different from 1% of 10, Exactly. Um, so the focus should be on creating your stuff, <laughs> whatever it is. And building an audience. Of exactly. And then seeing, and then converting that. Yeah, conversion is really what we're talking yeah. about here. I talk about that a lot with people that I work <laughs> with. Conversion rates, my God. Uh, so yeah, conversion rates. Maybe that's something we should talk about at some point in the future at some point. But yes, that is really relevant. And so... Therefore, giving away content, I don't like to call it that, but you know, building your audience, that's why you have a blog, that's why you don't put everything behind a paywall, uh, because once you do, it's almost impossible to build that audience, because you've got to have the more numbers you have, like the more Twitter followers, the more Instagram followers, so all that work that you put out there, the more you can raise that number, then that 1% conversion be becomes more worth more money. Um, essentially so yeah I mean I kind of agree with everything you've said I don't know that I have an answer I feel like my answer is experiment yes um, and see what happens I don't feel like there's a hard and fast rule I think you have to find out what works for you um, and what you're comfortable with however sometimes you have to push yourself a bit because it can be it's a tricky thing where you feel like you're saying give me money and they feel like that's quite difficult we all know that that's really difficult um, and so I think maybe experiment, do what you're comfortable with, plus a bit more, like push that comfort level a tiny bit. Because I feel like as a general rule, we all err on the side of caution a bit too much. And that actually you, 
perhaps need to be a, like the tiniest bit bolder and the tiniest bit braver than you were last week or last month or whatever because actually we're probably all holding back a tiny bit uh, because it's you know we're not supposed to really ask people for money and it's all wrapped up in very complicated feelings about worth and I think I'm gonna say particularly for women or people who identify as women we, we all know that we've been you know as a gender underpaid and undervalued for centuries um, and that actually is quite ingrained I think so yeah watch out for that that you're not actually dialing it back um, that your comfort zone isn't actually not actually your comfort zone it's you actually not like not pushing yourself forward because actually why would you know but who's interested in you um you know be careful that that's not the hidden the little message that you're you're like that the little monster in your brain is telling you because uh, if that's the case then your comfort zone is is something you actually need to get out of in that situation and push yourself a little bit harder. i agree completely and the other thing i and i know this goes through my mind so the way i look at it is if it's going through my mind it's going through somebody else's it's this idea that you're gonna put your link out there and i think we're expecting like condemnation or somebody to be an asshole to us truly yeah. most people just aren't paying any attention <laughs> uh -huh. they're yes. not they're not gonna judge you for it because they don't even necessarily see it or they see it and yeah. they scroll on through because it's for the uh -huh. vast majority of people regardless of what the internet looks like sometimes the vast majority of people are not coming for us they are not there to call us out they're not there to make us feel like shit and quite frankly the person who would come at you for going hey if you like the work i do support me this way is a troll they are not part of your core audience they can be yeah. safely ignored i uh, i spend yeah. a lot more time on youtube than i used to now that i'm doing more youtube stuff and the amount of people and it's it is really rare but the people who on these really big channels or have a million or nearly a million subscribers there's always somebody in there who's like well you know your content's good but uh you have sponsors like every week every video uh and i'm just like in my head i'm like what the option the other alternative is you could only watch this if you were willing to pay for it you are getting literally free content that uh -huh. and all they're saying is hey if you're interested in this sponsor this product this whatever here's a link and a sale like it they're, those people exist, but they are trolly. They are not your core audience. Your core audience, I have I have found, and I think, Molly, you've probably found this too, they want you to succeed. I have people in my audience who apologize that they can't do more. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. You shared me on Twitter. You told your kink group sure. about the podcast, and you bought something from one of our shops. Like, you've done enough. You're done. It's, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Come back when you've got some money. It's cool if you want to. Like your core audience wants you to succeed and so even if they can't support you financially through patreon or whatever they are not going to drag you for having promoted yourself and the person who is is a yeah troll. and i think that's a really good thing as well is to offer options for people so if you yes absolutely say here's my patron here's my buy me a coffee whatever blah 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 but to also every now and then say to your followers just by retweeting my tweet you help me. Mm -hmm. 
you promote me. Like, so that for those people who can't, don't have that ability to perhaps support you in that way yet, can go, oh, oh, I'll retweet your tweet if that's going to help you. I'll, you know, whatever. So, sometimes, you know, pointing those things out to people, not all the time, but every now and then saying, you know what, my followers, if you retweet my tweet, you actually really help me get, you know, get that or particularly like perhaps if you've written for somebody else and you're what you say you know what actually you retweeting the fact that i wrote this piece for someone else was more likely for me to get that pitch accepted maybe you never know in the future because actually i bought them extra traffic from my social media so stuff like that you know you say to your followers the reading coming to your blog and leaving a comment is doing you a, a good turn Maybe not, like, it's not the same as, you know, money in your pocket, but all, every little bit of droplet of everything feeds back into be building that base audience that allows you to get bigger numbers, that allows you to turn the 1% into a bigger number. Exactly, and I think that's the, the biggest, the hardest part for a lot of people is to realize it's not about, it, ultimately it's about how many people support you on Patreon, buy this thing, use an affiliate link, yes, 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 yes. But that is only one part of it. If you look at it as in order to, to make money as a smut lancer in whatever way you, you define that, is that I have to have an audience who cares enough to do the things I ask of them to show their support, then you start with what builds the audience. And you let that be your guiding light, not, and, and that determine, you know, whether you're doing a good job or not. If you look at how many patrons you have as the marker of whether you're doing a good job, you are gonna be disappointed for a very, very, very long time and you are likely to burn out and you are likely to give up. So bring it back to the thing that you're creating, the reason you started all this in the first place. It's why I've said many times that if you decided to become a sex blogger or a sex toy reviewer thinking you were gonna make a shit ton of money, oh, you have been, lied to like is there is there money out there of course there is should we be making more than we are of course we should but we have a lot of systems in place that are stacked against us and so it is a slow process and it is about audience first build that audience provide value to them so that they want to give you their money or give you that retweet because quite frankly for for anybody that is showing that they approve of you that is showing that they like you enough that they would tell other people about you that's huge that is a, mm -hmm. a type of currency uh, a quick example and also a plug for this so one way you can support the smut lancers podcast and the smut lancers community is to leave a review on whatever podcast app you're using to listen to the sound of our voices and we all podcasters will say they'll get we get into this pattern of hey leave a review they help they help I don't have verifiable proof, but I have been kind of paying attention. I do not read reviews because reviews are not for me. They are for the consumer of the content. Also, they turn my anxiety inside out. Nobody needs that. So I do not read reviews, but I do ask for them. And on Loving BDSM podcast, we had, we had grown really well. And then when we had all the website troubles a couple years ago, we fell off a little bit and we had sort of stagnated at a certain amount of downloads every Every, like for over a course of like four weeks with per episode, we just couldn't break this sort of layer. And we started doing different things, things to help our Google ranking and search and blah, blah, blah. But the thing we sort of doubled down on was, hey, leave a review on a podcast app. Hey, 
tell your friends if you are in the local community talk us up at your month share it with a kinky friend blah 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 and it took several weeks of sort of going hey no really you don't have to pay us a dime if you do this you're helping us and it felt like overnight but i'm it probably wasn't we have now over the course of a four week time period for the downloads of a single episode we have doubled our numbers they're still not where I would love them to be, but they're bigger, they're growing. And part of that is our reviews on podcast apps, a free thing that depending on your podcast app takes five seconds to do, more people found us. We were showing up, the algorithms, you know, graced us with, you know, a little bit more, yeah. you know, eyeballs on us and people, and then we, it was our job at that point to keep them there, but five seconds of labor from loyal listeners was all it took. And then, yeah. then now the, we've had people approach us, not a lot, not very often, but we've had people approach us to sponsor, they want to sponsor the, an episode or they want to do this or they want, or we've grown our Patreon because we have more people listening and it took mm -hmm. no time, no money and almost no time from somebody who didn't have cash to pay us to provide that and now we're making more money. It all works together. It's not an all or nothing. It's not a, oh, I, all my money only comes from Patreon. Your physical cash comes from Patreon, but your non-paying audience members have a part to play and you just have to give them the options of how they can help you. And you have to think of it all as working together and being part of a greater whole of ultimately growing your audience. Because as you grow your audience, then the ways you can make money expand at the same time. Yeah. Oh, good. We had a Kayla rant this episode. It's not a podcast unless I rant about something. Uh, <laughs> okay. So those are all our questions for this month. Uh, anybody who wants to ask a question, maybe something we talked about sparked a question. Maybe you're going through something with your blog or your productivity or finding stuff to create content about or making money or any part of this journey. Um, Whenever that question comes to you, feel free to reach out to us uh, at the smeltlancer.com website. There is a little page called Ask the Smelt Lancer. You can ask there. You can DM us on Twitter. Uh, you can email us. Molly'sDailyKiss.com is Molly's site um, or eroticon.co. Yes, I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Anytime you get an email from the Smut Lancer or Eroticon, whether it's a blog post update or a newsletter or whatever, hit reply to that email and ask us your question that way. Like whenever you have a question, we will add it to our growing list. Then we will try to get to it in a mailbag episode. And if you want faster help and more of a community aspect and more perspectives, you can join us on Patreon. <laughs> Let's put that little plug in again. Patreon.com slash the smut lancers at the $5 and up level, you get access to a Slack channel where you literally can ask all the questions um, and then other stuff at different levels. And if you're like, damn, I'm a broke smut lancer. Let me say again, review the podcast wherever you're listening to us or retweet us or just share our, anything that one of us creates that, you know, whether through Eroticon or the Smut Lancer that you find valuable and helpful, share it. Help us grow and you are helping us. So you will get all of that in the official outro as well. But since we were talking about promoting ourselves, let's just take those uh, opportunities as they arise. Um, that is it for me this week. Do you have anything else you wanna pimp, promote, or talk about, Molly, before we go? I don't think 
so. Not at the moment. I'm sure as soon as we finish, I'll think of something. But I think you've covered everything. Yay. Okay. We will see y'all again next week. Will be just me, and then the week after will be Molly and or it will be Molly definitely and Michael maybe with her depending on what they're talking about and then we'll be back again in a couple weeks together until until somebody cuts our mic and takes our internet away (laughs) (laughs) the end time I know the apocalypse will be going on we're like no 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 we we each have coffee and or tea and we have a microphone and we're just talking we're fine we're fine just leave us alone just just (laughs) destruction all around us just give us our little space (laughs) 